Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dharma Toolkit Daily Podcast. And this is kind of our pilot episode. Episode one. You've probably seen our emails. You've seen our website, our new community toolkit space on the Buddha Center Online itself. And we've decided alongside a bunch of other things, which we'll talk about later, that we're going to do these daily podcasts every weekday, just to try and give everybody out there who's practicing the Dharma at home, whatever your circumstances a sense of community. So we're going to be having conversation, hearing from a diverse range of voices around the world about how it's going in the great coronavirus shutdown or lockdown or closure or whatever it is that you're calling it in your parts, whether you feel that you're socially distancing yourself or physically distancing yourself or in quarantine or just being very careful on everybody's behalf. We're here to keep you company through the days and weeks hopefully not months ahead. My name is Chandra Dasa. I'm going to be one of your hosts. I'm the director of the Buddha Centre Online, and I'm joined today by a splendid crew of people. First, my friend and colleague, Sadai Sehi from the Buddha Centre Online team. Hello, everybody. Coming from Dublin in Ireland. And we have Sangadara from... Well, I'm from Mexico, but I'm from Clevision. I'm based in Manchester, England. And last... And definitely not least, we have... Parami. Uh, so I'm sitting in Glasgow today. Pleased to be here with you all. So here we are. This is our pilot episode. It'd be quite good to maybe just evoke where each of us is physically, because this is a big part of everybody's experience just now, is suddenly spending a lot more time at home, unless you're people like me and Sadaisi who work at home all the time. <laughs> But even we are going through some interesting changes with our working environments. So yeah, Parmi, maybe you could describe where you actually are. Yeah, so I'm in Glasgow in Scotland. I'm at home, which is a high-rise flat with fabulous views of the hills. It's a gorgeous sunny day in Glasgow and probably not that warm, but very sunny. I do work at home quite a lot, so it's not that unusual. But what is unusual for me is I'm doing social distancing. So as a greatly extroverted, very social person, I'm finding it interesting that at the moment, all my contact really is online. And how many floors up are you in your apartment or flat? I'm on the 11th floor. So there's a wee joke in there for people that have seen the YouTube of two Glaswegian men in a voice operated lift where the mechanism doesn't recognise 11. Scottish accents. In a Scottish accent. So my friends found it very amusing that I was given a flat on the 11th floor. I suppose we should apologise in advance, pardon me, for the you know, relative Scottish takeover of this broadcasting medium because it's going to be a key feature <laughs> as we go. So we hope we're a bit more comprehensible than the guys in that YouTube video on the 11th floor. <laughs> I have seen the view from your window. It is rather splendid. And Sangadar, where are you exactly? Well, I'm, I'm in my office, which is actually, my office is exactly the same building that I live. So I'm used to not going out from the building. But what is definitely different is that, well, the office, I tend to share it with a few people which are not here. And now there's more people as well. I live in a community, so people who I live with, they are in. <laughs> so I'm alone in the office, but yeah, there's always people now around in the kitchen. So yeah, I don't feel very isolated. And I'm in Manchester, which is also very sunny today. I did go out earlier today and I thought, oh, this is a very nice day. Not warm either, but yeah, it's bright. 
Manchester is known for its rain, and it's not raining, so it's, it's nice. Were the streets deserted when you went outside? I've been going out every day for a little bit, and I've seen the number of people going down every day. But there's still people, there's still shops open, and there's not a lockdown in the UK. Some businesses have decided to shut down. The centre is closed now as well, so that's also different. All this building, which is five floors full of life, there's a cafe, there's a yoga studio, and it's usually quite vibrant in a way. There's usually lots of people, but the building is really quiet. And so Daisihi, where are you? Well, I am working at home. Uh, so for the last number of months, I've been living with my parents. And generally speaking, one day a week, I work at the Dublin Buddhist Centre. So since Thursday the 12th, and the government announced a shutdown of the schools and colleges and public spaces, which was a Thursday, I decided to stop working from the centre. Well, in fact, since then, the Dublin Buddhist Centre has closed. So I've been working from home. In a certain sense, it hasn't been a great change, except in the last number of days, I've discovered that someone I was in contact with about a week ago possibly has the coronavirus. So that's meant that as a result, I've been extra careful with my parents. My parents are, well, they will be considered vulnerable people, I suppose. And my dad has heart, a heart condition. And yeah, that's actually been quite challenging. Uh, it's been quite challenging. Unlike Parami, I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert, but I feel like I'm in a very strange position where in a certain sense, I feel like I've been having an awful lot of contact with people online, but physically I've been having hardly any contact with people, particularly the last few days. And that's kind of resulted in a strange experience of physical loneliness, even though I couldn't be talking to people more. <laughs> And perhaps talking to people more than I wouldn't need to. But the fact that there's this physical distance, yeah, it's taken a bit of adjusting to, actually. It's taken a bit of adjusting to. Well, I'm here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, on the east coast of the United States. And we are pretty much locked down at this point. There are very few people out and about. It's rather eerie, although this morning I did go out very early in the morning, about seven o'clock, uh, to the library where my wife works, where she had to pick up her last bits of equipment so she could work at home. And we live near a mill pond, an old mill pond. And one thing that was really striking was how much you could hear the birds. It was astonishing. Like the world just sounded alive. And yeah, it was, it was that kind of end of the world feeling, you know, where you're walking through as the last, last human on earth sort of thing. And I have to say, my main impression was how beautiful and quiet it was. And I sort of wished that when this is all over, we institute a thing where every three months we all do this for a month. We just reduce the amount of pollution and we let nature win for a month every quarter or something. It was very beautiful and it was only like a 10 minute walk, but it made a difference. I've been pretty much self-quarantining with no, no symptoms or sense that I would have met anybody with symptoms, but, you know, just trying to follow advice and help flatten the curve, as they say. Yeah, so this is part of a whole raft of things that we're doing on the Buddhist Centre Online just to try and give people a sense of ongoing community. We're an international movement in Triratna that presents some logistical challenges if you want to help people stay connected. Of course, in some ways, we're really lucky because everybody has much greater access to broadband than they would have even five years ago. Platforms like this one, social networks, etc., do make it easier to get good information and stay in touch. But nonetheless, there seems to be a need for focused Dharma practice and Dharma context. And like a lot of other Buddhists, we're going to experiment over the next couple of months with this. 
We'll be offering daily meditations twice a day, and you can go to the Dharma Toolkit website at thebuddhacenter.com slash toolkit and find out when the times are near where you live. There'll be two meditations a day, one geared up for the UK and Central Europe, which is where a lot of people in Trinidad practice, and the second meditation of the day mainly centred around times in the United States and Somewhere in between those two sits, uh, you can find a time that works for you, hopefully in India and Australia and New Zealand. This podcast is another offering that we'll be doing, and we'll also be just keeping tabs on what's happening around Triratna. There are lots of people doing great things already, and we're going to be putting up a webpage soon that captures that and gives people a reference point. And one of the other things we're going to do is commission special Dharma courses every two weeks to give people a kind of week's worth of focus if they need it, particularly as this all starts to bite and the novelty wears off, if indeed it hasn't worn off already. <laughs> and yeah, just a sense that, well, we could do something really positive with the conditions. Suddenly our minds are all focused and the internet's a great delivery mechanism. So we're going to put some good stuff through it. So I don't know if any of you have any thoughts about the, the way this might work, your sense of online community from previous experience or the range of things we'll be doing. I was thinking about quite a few years ago now, Buddhist Centre Online did some online meditation classes and I came to quite a few of them at the beginning. And, you know, I'd sometimes say to people and they'd say, oh, you can't possibly meditate online. Well, of course, you're meditating at home. But the fact was that even then I felt very much part of a community of people. I remember on one occasion there was a guy from one of the Pacific Islands on the call, there was somebody from, quite a few people from the United States, a couple of people in Mexico, and a few people in, I think I might have even been in Spain, actually, I can't remember. But I really liked that idea then. And, you know, things these days are so much more sophisticated. I mean, that was Skype, and I remember it fell out quite a few times. But, you know, so far I've found this platform much better. So I'm really, really pleased about the meditations. Well, all of it, but... I know a number of people for whom the idea of having a set point in the day where they can decide to sit with other people if they'd like to. I've already spoken to quite a few people about it and I know that they're looking forward to being able to do that. I've also been involved in the past in running online meditations for the Buddhist Centre Online. So that's been a really good context for having a sense of what it's like to be online meditating with other people. And I have definitely found it a rich experience also, our team have been doing online practice weeks. And the last one we had, which was just a couple of weeks ago, we were doing meditation practice week. And one of our team had never done an online meditation before. And he just said he was really struck by how much it felt like we were all physically present, or maybe not physically present, but present to each other. And that's definitely been my experience. You know, particularly in these days, you can see people in front of you and you definitely have, have a sense of connection. One thing I have been struck by is at the moment, just from the responses of different centres, how quickly people are mobilising to put things online. And I think it just goes to show that people really do have a sense that this is a meaningful way of engaging, particularly with their local sanghas. And I know in Dublin as well, because I'm involved in this centre there, we ran an event last Wednesday. And it was just amazing to see people's responses. It was a sort of a YouTube broadcast, but there was a load of comments coming in and you know, I mean, personally, I felt a real strong connection with the people who were making comments. It was like, it was just so good to see their names. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, they still exist. They're out there. They're out there. And we can connect somehow. So, yeah, my sense is there's a lot of appreciation, a lot of appreciation from people that 
this is a possibility of staying connected in this time. Uh, Sangadara, have things started in Manchester yet online? Is there beginning to be that, that push or are you still having live classes? Well, we haven't, but we're moving as well to online classes. And we were in the middle of a course as well of the Will of Life, which we had to cancel. And hopefully we'll start online next week. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity for people who are already part of a community to remain in touch. But I've also, now that you just asked me, like, it reminded me that once upon a time I was in a place where I was far away from a, any physical sangha. And just like following FWO news back then, it just it really gave me a sense of connection. And it was less, you know, way less interactive than this kind of stuff. Last month, I was also participating on an online course on Buddhist ethics. I think it was like 16 teachers or, you know, older members, Spanish speaking from all over the place, from Mexico, England, Spain. And yeah, teaching the Dharma online to people all over the place, even, even to people that didn't really speak Spanish. There was a woman from Brazil who was speaking Portuñol, which is like a mix, making Portuguese sound Spanish to communicate herself. And there was another woman in Argentina. There's like this sense of like, you know, people really want this sense of community and want to participate. And, and they were even willing to try to get stuff that is not even in their language. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they just kind of take the opportunity. So I think this represents a kind of, a great opportunity as well to also see how much we have in common as well internationally. One of the things that are very obvious with this coronavirus is that, yeah, we're deeply codependent. Mm-hmm. Someone tweeted something like, I can't believe that someone ate a bat on the other side of the world and now I cannot go to the gym. <laughs> so really our actions do have consequences way beyond our awareness. And the fact that we have to take immediate action to protect people that are around us not just ourselves, but really people that are around us. That's been very obvious to me. I don't think I'm at high risk. I'm still pretty young, but one of my housemates is asthmatic and another one is at school. So he's a teacher, so he's probably in a highly contagious space. (laughs) So it's like, how are we at home to protect each other and also to best benefit the society as well? It will hopefully dismantle how individualistic our societies have turned. Well, capitalism is driven by individualism. And I think this represents really a good opportunity for us to have a worldwide insight into how reality is, really. Well, that's a very nice, optimistic take on the crisis. (laughs) And it's great, actually, because you're right. I live in the United States and it's an election year, as you probably all know, wherever you are. I don't know why that is news everywhere, but it is. And... You know, for all the arguments that rage in the United States about different models of how you do government and how you do society, when something like this comes along and it just dissolves all that quite quickly, you still get corruption and bad behaviour and all that stuff. But within a few weeks, everyone's knuckled down to the reality that if we don't care for the most vulnerable people now, that will affect us. And for some people, that may be a more self-regarding impulse but for a lot of people there is a a great sort of energy I suppose in galvanizing around that principle that you have to look after the collective as it were whether it lasts I guess we'll see we'll see what happens. I've personally been very struck by you see the best of people and the worst of people in these conditions. There was a nurse on the TV this morning working in the health service who'd come off a 48-hour shift going to buy her veg, and there was nothing at all in the shop for her to buy. So she was crying, actually, on the TV and saying, could people please stop bulk buying like that? 
I think some people go into panic mode and they want to make sure they're okay and their family are okay. And it's an understandable impulse. But going back to that interconnectedness, the consequences of that just roll out into so many other people. And then on the other hand, I've been really, really moved by the number of people who are posting things on social media saying, I live in this area of Glasgow. If you need anything, drop me a line. I went up to the shops this morning. There were taxis outside that said, if you're a health worker, we'll give you a free ride home. You know, there's a bit of everything. So I'm trying really hard to just stay in touch with the positive and sharing on Twitter as many positive stories as I can see. And not only tweeting when I see things that I'm horrified by. Well, that is one of the reasons to do what we're going to do over the next while. It's just to try and focus on something concrete that you can take part in. I've really enjoyed the aspect of people pulling together and entertaining each other and all that stuff that goes on online. But that will run out of steam as well at some point. So giving people an avenue into connection. And obviously, it's just open to everybody. So whether you're an experienced meditator or not, Come and sit with people in the mornings, listen to this, connect with all the people doing good stuff like this around the world. One thing I did want to talk about before we close a little bit, a very good coincidence is that both Sangadara and Parmi have been helping pioneers with Spanish language content on the Buddhist Centre Online for years. And in your case, Parmi, pioneering Spanish language Dharma teaching from a Triratna perspective for many decades so we haven't quite worked out all the details yet, but we have decided to continue what we do on the Buddhist Centre Online, which is having an explicit Spanish language presence, and provision, as part of our Dharma offerings, our Dharma sharing. So Sangadari, have you been in touch with people back home in Mexico? Yeah, in the la- I mean, the last couple of days I started contacting friends as well to see whether they can start recording meditations. And as you notice, my interest or my particular inspiration at the moment is the possibility to use this global experience as a real reminder of truths, (laughs) of reality. So I'm particularly interested in how to use the Dharma at the time of pandemic to make spiritual progress in a way. So I'm talking to other people that could help with meditation and stress relief. So yeah, I'm starting to get a good response because obviously people in Mexico, some people are homebound. Things are not locked down in Mexico yet, but there's quite a few other members who are just like at home taking responsibility and willing to help. So we're still kind of trying to organize ourselves. And actually the Mexico Buddhist Center started doing live meditations and talks as well. So there's also a Buddhist Center online in Spanish where they might be doing courses and stuff. So yeah, we're still organizing ourselves. But I think first there's been an immediate response to the immediate Sangha, like your Buddhist centers here, how to continue what they offer at Buddhist centers, how to take it to their local Sangha, how to maintain continuation of courses and meditation. But I hope that soon enough we can start offering stuff more explicitly to places where there is no physical centers and there is no sanghas and people still need a community and still need a way to practice and a way of engaging with their situation and their experience in the way that is helpful. I was just going to say I spoke to people in Mexico and it seems that generally the government are still quite a bit behind quite a few other places in the world in terms of advice for closed down, lockdown, whatever. And sadly, one of the women who was going to be coming on the ordination course is from Mexico. So I had a long chat to her yesterday when she discovered that we were going to have to cancel the course. 
And for her coming from Mexico, it was a really big thing. I and mean, we've been fundraising. Sangadara has been organising fundraising. It's taken a lot of organisation for her to be able to come. And, you know, that momentum has been to some extent interrupted because we've decided to cancel the ordination retreats. Hmm. Can you say a bit more about that, Parmeen, for people tuning in who, who are not yeah. familiar with our context? So what is an ordination retreat and why is the cancelling of it such a big deal? Yes, yeah, sure. Every year we try and run a number of possibilities of retreats for people coming into the order. So people who have been training within our community for some time and are ready to make that commitment to become a member of the Tree Ratna Buddhist Order. So this year we had a three-month retreat up a mountain in Spain for women. There were going to be 23 women ordained in that. It's the biggest one that we've ever done in that retreat centre. And at the same time also in Spain, there were going to be, I think, 16 men being ordained on a four-month retreat. So these take a lot of preparation. They take a lot of organisation. And the one for women, which I know more about, there were going to be people from seven different countries on that retreat. So as soon as the whole crisis became obvious that travel was going to become an issue, myself and my team had to start thinking about alternatives. Could we get everybody across the globe onto this retreat? Could we get the people there who had to do the actual ordinations? In the Myers-Briggs, I'm a field marshal, so I immediately went into strategy and came up with three possible alternatives scenarios and it's been for about three weeks we've been looking at the different possibilities but at the end we had to recognize two days ago that there's no way we know it's so unpredictable that we don't know when the travel bans will be lifted we don't know when Spain will come out of lockdown and we don't know when the people who were hoping to come in those retreats would be able to get there. The other thing was we realised that for a lot of people it would be very hard to be out of the world for three months at the moment because on those retreats people aren't in contact with family or friends at home. It's an opportunity for them to be really immersed in their Buddhist practice. And I think for many people with elderly relatives, with friends who are maybe vulnerable, it would just be so hard to be in that situation that it felt almost cruel to ask people to do that. So with a bit of a sad heart, we decided a couple of days ago that for this year, we would have to cancel those long retreats. There will be other opportunities for people to come into the order, but at the moment, it's not very clear when that will happen. That's been quite a big thing in the last couple of days. Yeah, it's very striking, isn't it? The, the different ways in which we have to care for people at the moment are not always easy. And yeah, and sometimes they're almost in conflict with each other. That's right, yeah. You know, things, high values, different values are kind of having to be weighed up in a way against each other. So that's not been easy, but it's been very impressive how well people have responded. So even though they're disappointed, the 23 women that would have been ordained, they've been so beautifully positive and understanding and just very compassionate about the whole thing. So I've been very touched by it. And so, Daisy, just to finish off, you and I have been having a bit of fun this week talking about how are we going to fill at least six weeks of podcast schedule? <laughs> oh, but, and actually, it's not that difficult, right? Because you start having fantastic ideas and there's so many conversations that are interesting that you could have in, 
a great many interesting beings out there. Do you want to take us through a couple of the ideas that people can expect over the next little while? Yeah, well, I guess, as you were saying, we were brainstorming some ideas and a lot of people are quite anxious and trying to figure out how to respond to the situation and how to do that from a Buddhist perspective. But also, I suppose, trying to recognise the opportunities that we have at the moment. In some ways, it is actually a really great opportunity to explore a different way of communicating with each other, but also making the medium work for us. For example, one thing that I've been really curious about is, well, how does one do a devotional ritual online? Anyone who's attempted to do things in Gollum response online will know the sort of audio disturbance that happens when people try and speak at the same time. So there's a kind of a curiosity and an excitement about, well, I don't think we should just stop doing these things, but how do we make it meaningful? So those are kind of things we can explore. Also, I suppose, around the language that's been used at the moment, you know, this idea of self-isolating and social isolation. I mean, these are very, very particular terms that we're hearing day in, day out. Uh, But what does that mean in relation to Buddhist ideas around no fixed self and this idea of interconnectedness? What's a dharmic perspective on all of that? And other things like looking after our health, both physically in these times of crisis, making sure that we're keeping well, but also making sure that we're mentally well, because, you know, this is a very particular situation. If you're being expected to quarantine, you know, you're, you're staying away from people. What effects is that going to have on us? What effects is it going to have on us as a society as well to do this? I've been noticing the last few days going out for a walk for my physical health and maybe also for my mental health, but just noticing already how people have started keeping to themselves and how much less eye contact there is now between people. And that's interesting. That's interesting because it also juxtaposes with hearing all these people offering to do things for their neighbours. And then you have this experience when you're outside of feeling like people are kind of closing in on themselves. These are all kind of areas that we'll be exploring We're also going to try and attend to the kind of, I suppose, lighter side of it. One of the models we've got for these podcasts is, well, when people go to Buddhist centres or just hang out with their friends, what do they talk about? So we're not necessarily going to talk about Buddhism all the time. We'll also be making some room for fun and, you know, what keeps people going, what keeps them inspired as human beings through the uncertainty, because that's one of the things we're all living with is a, a certain kind of open dimension of being, to put it positively, that we've been invited to embrace and actually there's loads of ways that can help with that music, cultural stuff, uh, just random acts of kindness, which are springing up all over the place. So hopefully we'll be able to evoke some of that, hear about some of that as we go. Hopefully you can tune in every weekday. We'll be doing these daily toolkit podcasts. You can hear what's going on around True Ratna. You can hear what's going on around the wider Buddhist world as well. We'll be doing some of that too. And do visit the Dharma Toolkit online at buddhacenter.com. Join the community toolkit space that we've made for you to share your own resources. Inspire people with how you're responding to this kind of amazing situation we all find ourselves in together. And yeah, we look forward to hearing you. If you've got ideas about what you'd like us to talk about, people you'd like us to talk to, you can tweet us at Buddhist Centre. You can email us info at thebuddhacenter.com. You can get all this on the website, of course. But yeah, we'd love to hear what you think, what you'd like us to talk about with others. I'd like to just thank today's guests, the wonderful Stai Sihi, the incomparable Parami, the magnificent Sangatara. <laughs> thank thanks. you for the invite. Yeah. Thanks for your conversation. And yeah, and we look forward to seeing you all again soon. Bye. 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 Adios. Bye. Bye.